You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On this episode, we are recapping Easter. That feels a little weird to say, Uh, but we are talking about Easter and kind of got into a conversation about our Easter service at Real Life. It was an exciting time for us. It was uh, the grand opening of our new building, our new location. Um, and really what's always stuck out um, about our Easter service to me is that it's heavily focused on on music and tying uh, songs and music into the story and the, the message itself. So we talked a lot about that and actually the importance of that. So this was a really fun episode and it's always great to reflect on Easter. So I hope you guys enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, dandy. It is. What a difference a day makes. Yes. And if you don't live here... You don't get that reference. <laughs> well, it's a multifaceted reference. Well, that's true. You know, yesterday In was general. such a gorgeous day, beautiful, almost eighty. Today it's gloomy in the forties, drizzly. Uh, but what a difference a day makes from Saturday with Jesus in the tomb oh, to Sunday morning with Jesus transition. changing everything by returning from the grave. That's what you call a segue. Yeah. Uh, so, Professional yeah. <laughs> podcasting. So we are uh, talking about Easter, even though it's over. We should never stop talking about Easter, right? It is the, the thing we should talk about most in life, I think. So let's talk about it. We had a, a <coughs> great service here, a big service. Big for us. Yeah. You know, it's It was pretty exciting. We were uh, like... 50% over our highest ever attendance that we've ever had. Uh, our first, not our first service, but our first official service, our, our grand opening, so to speak. And we uh, exceeded all expectations for attendance. It was standing room only, had to bring in overflow chairs into the lobby for people. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, the confluence of circumstances with Easter Sunday and... Um, the uh, I really think the Facebook advertising actually helped. Uh, really had a <clears throat> a direct uh, contact that way. I thought that was good. Uh, that was our first time doing that, so good call on on that, Stacy, our our marketing guru here. Um, but also the uh, you know the being the grand opening and folks coming to see the novelty of that. Um, that there were a lot of folks that, that may never come back. I mean, we right, recognize right. that that's just a reality. <clears throat> Hopefully some of them will, but uh, that's also why we make a point, um, especially on Easter. I, I mean, we we do this pretty much all the time. I can't think of very many weeks that I don't present the gospel. But on Easter, since we know we're going to have a lot of first-time people or folks that, that only go to church once or twice a year, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that is an opportunity for us to present the gospel uh, that we may not get all the right, time. So right. while every week we recognize that there are always going to be unbelievers uh, in the church, that, that the, the church itself, the church proper, is made up of believers, the worship service is di- designed for believers um, because it is a family celebration of family worship, so it's for the family. But we recognize also that while... It is a family gathering. We have guests always mm-hmm. with us who are mm-hmm. who are outside the family of God, don't know Christ, 
And for whatever reason, in God's sovereignty, they're here. Whether they got dragged here, whether they're here to see a show, so to speak, you know, the grand opening or an event. Um, curiosity. Like some kind of curiosity. Or, or they're hungry and hurting in life, and, and by God's Spirit, He's moved them to seek Him. So <clears throat> in all of those situations, well, that's an unusual thing. We haven't <laughs> had that before. Um, there, should be a, there should be a volume button on oh, there or okay. something. So professional podcast. <laughs> we are uh, we are experimenting with a new location, as Stacy mentioned. But but as we're we're doing this, we recognize that um, that people are going to have this particular opportunity to be able to hear the gospel, and we want to make sure that we're that we're connecting in that way. So while it's a it's a unique service for us on Easter Sunday, in that we goodness, someone's leaving a message. We are just really wrecking this here. <laughs> Um, as because it's a unique service, and we don't do the same thing we normally do, where we're we're going through the expository preaching of a particular book of the Bible, and then we're going through these things sequentially, and and, and now we're we're setting aside a day to just talk about the resurrection, or primarily talk about the resurrection. Um, but the the reason the resurrection matters is not what you might see on some inspirational show or Fox News or, 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 you know, quotes from famous people. It's not about new life and some general concept, you know, that this is about ultimate love and, and all that wonderful stuff. It is, in a way, but we so grossly miss the point. The point of the resurrection is the gospel. It's mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is himself alone, uniquely, only, the incarnate Son of God. He is God in the flesh who came to, to live as a human, to die in our place, to purchase our life and our freedom. And in his resurrection, he demonstrated, he proved the completion of this, that he actually accomplished the task, as, as a, a rapper, spoken word poet um, has famously said, it's... He proved that the check cleared in doing this. And so uh, if, we, if we don't see the resurrection as completely, intimately, uh, integrally tied to the gospel itself, then all of it is for naught. Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 15 goes on to say that you know, apart from the resurrection, if this didn't happen, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead... <clears throat> then our preaching is futile, it's useless. Uh, your faith is meaningless and useless. And you're still dead in your sins. This is the provision. And apart from the resurrection, there is no gospel. And apart from the gospel, there's no hope. So to have all of that tied together um, is really what makes what we call Easter a worthy celebration, a true holy day. All the rest of the stuff, all the eggs and bunnies and, and White House egg rolls and all that, that's fine in its place. But if that's all there is, then we're just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. It, it's it's a bad situ- situation for us. Word. And uh, on Sunday, I thought it was kind of... Uh, I, I enjoyed the way that things were presented. You kind of went through... Uh, an introduction of what the gospel really is. And yeah. then uh, 
we kind of broke up chunks of uh, the quote-unquote Easter story with music and songs that that reflected different areas of that story from Jesus's trial to uh, him being put on the cross to then, of course, the resurrection. Um, So breaking up the story in that way and then seeing how, uh, you know me, I like pop culture, I like music. So seeing how there are a lot of uh, songs and, and different ways of showing this story and telling this story not only through the word itself but uh, through music these very specific things that happen and how we can reflect on them that I thought was a really cool way to present it well and you know we we focus on a musical service mm-hmm. every year as we do it so it's it's a little normally we we run somewhere in the neighborhood of five songs um, you know, three to five. Occasionally, we'll go up to six. But, but That's the focus—the <laughs> focus on on our on our service on Sunday mornings is always the preaching. So we always want to get into the Word, and so all of our songs tie into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we recognize that people are going to hear a sermon. They're going to understand the truth because of that sermon. But they may not remember it the same way. So the songs, music has this unique quality that it gets in us you know last night we we um did that acapella song oh death mm-hmm. uh which just I, I just love it lyrically it's just a, a wonderful song so last night i'm tucking my daughter in uh to go to bed and she's whistling oh death as we're going you know which part <laughs> which <laughs> uh if you give me a minute i could think of it but we should probably keep podcasting but anyway so she's she's singing through it or, uh, whistling through it, whistling the melody. If you're asking what music, yes, I was part. asking. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, gotcha. so she's gotcha. not which portion, which part. Right. Yeah, she was whistling the melody. Uh, but anyhow, as we're going through this, that is stuck in your head. Right. And so each of these songs, you know what? You know, we start out with uh, the old hymn, "Christ the Lord is Risen Today," and you know, <laughs> my son, the drummer, of course, is like, "Oh man, we got to do this." You know. Yeah, because it's not really about the drum right now. <laughs> but, but, but get over yourself. But even with that, you know, it, we're we're not trying to be contemporary, right. and we're not trying to stick into a tradition. We just want you to get it. We want everybody to get the truth. And so we started worship with this idea that Christ the Lord is risen today. That's the whole point. That, that's, that's, right. that's what all of our hope, not just on Easter, but on every single moment of every single day, we hang our hats on the fact that Christ the Lord is risen. We serve a risen Savior. You know, up from the grave he arose. This concept that he didn't just die. That's why, for anybody that's ever not clear on it, the reason that, that in in Catholic churches, you see the, the, the crucifix with the corpus, the, the body of Christ on the cross, and you don't see that in evangelical Protestant churches, is the, the focus, not that either is invalid, but the focus of Protestantism, of evangelical churches, is that we serve a risen Savior. He's not on the I cross anymore. I never made anymore. that connection. That, that's the reason for that. And I'm not opposed to it on our cross wall that will re, rehang in the right. fellowship hall when we get that moved over here. Um, we have some crucifixes on there that have, have been given to that. Because he did die for us, and that right. is central to it. Hmm. But the reason that his death for us mattered is because of the resurrection, because right. he's not like... He ain't on the cross anymore. He's not a martyr who <laughs> right. just died for a cause. Right. He is the salvation, the the way, the truth, the life. And because 
Jesus rose from the dead, we too then can be raised with to a new life in him, with this newness of life to be able to please God and, and to follow him, which we know. couldn't do before. So, you know, that kind of stuff is powerful. And then, you know, we went through those songs, Behold the Lamb and, and uh, that, uh, is that the Lamb of God, is that a Sovereign Grace song? I think it's a Sovereign Grace so, yeah. music song. Um, we we do a little more presentational songs mm-hmm. on Easter than normal, even though uh, I'm increasingly convicted about the importance of congregational singing. You've probably picked up on that. I know. So. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a constant theme as we're choosing songs. But every one of the songs every week is designed to fill a need, to 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 fulfill a purpose in our worship service, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all pointing toward, in some way or another, the core reality of the text that we're preaching. Yeah, this wasn't, this this whole theme or, or, you know, structure isn't new to to, to our service. No, it's a little different on Easter because we're conveying the theme through the songs more than through the Right, but we always try to do that in our service. Absolutely. But, But when people come away from an Easter service and when... You, you go home and that song, It Is mm-hmm. Finished, mm-hmm. is in your head, which you did a great job on, by the way. So as as you're driving in the car and you're thinking and you can hear this, It Is Finished, Christ Has Won. Yeah, and it's not just the song that gets it, in your head, it's the message of the that's song. That's right, right. And so melody does that right. for us. And, and that's God's gift, it, to, to be able to bring those things in to... Um, to deepen them into our hearts that it, it works not only the rational side of us, but the affective emotional side. We need the affective emotional side to, to be able to put all of that together. And so then, you know, to go from it is finished to rise again, right. the, that great Dallas home song. Wow. That she did is, a great job. Mama. <laughs> well played. That's thanks. No, really. Uh, you know, Gabe especially to, enjoyed it. To be able to, um, to, to take these songs from different eras, it is finished as a pretty new song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise again, you know, is from 1977, I think. You know, Christ the Lord's risen today, much older than that. To be able to take songs that that aren't about style, aren't about your individual tastes, but are about the risen Savior, mm-hmm. and then to to go into uh, you know resurrecting that elevation worship mm-hmm. song that that talks about our the resurrected King. Isn't ju- it's not just a concept, but he's resurrecting me. He's mm-hmm. raising my life. Not that that sounded kind of like self improvement stuff. He's making my life better. No, he took me from death to life. Right. Right. And when he, Jesus conquered death, he conquered death for us. If we will simply put our trust in him, right. and, and then we have that resurrection power that Chris Tomlin sings about. And, right. And 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 you've said it before. The point is not you know to live your best life now. That's, right. that's not the point of, of saying is re- he's resurrected. No, not the, at all. Know. Although the reality is it is the best conceivable life that you can have to right. be in the will of God, to be uh, under the blood, to, mm-hmm. to be a child of God. But it, it isn't now. Right. It's, it's forever. forever. You know, li- life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That, that's the whole I feel like you've thing. said that before. Hey, a lot. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, or Sunday. So... You know, and then in that song, "O Death," which I had never heard before, I hadn't Shelley, either. Shelley got that off of CCLI right. and uh, People and Songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great which YouTube now I channel. Can't stop listening to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great YouTube channel for folks to subscribe to. Uh, has some really good stuff on there. Um, Charity Gale is on there. 
a bunch of different different folks doing some really good singer songwriter type things that are Which fantastic. Is totally worship. my bag. But that there's that um, <laughs> there's a couple of lines in uh, O Death, especially in that bridge. The bridge where, my you know, part. Uh, Kill my body, you mm-hmm. could. You know that. Yes, you could. But. I'll live on forever. I'll live on forever. My you know? favorite is death. You are the wide door to where yeah, that, I'll live on that's, forever. You know, like that's such that's an intense headed, visual. Because that is such a, a powerful thing, right. especially once you once you get past the the melody to the grammar of it and right. actually see. Right. Oh wait, it's you know when when I don't breathe any longer. Right. That's when I begin to sing louder because death. You are the wide door to where I'll live on forever. Right. And. There's another line earlier in the, I think it's the first verse that, that talks about, um, um, in resurrection, I refuse to fear you. Mm-hmm. I no longer fear death right. because, as we see later in the song, death is the wide door to where I live on forever. And we often think of death as like the closed door, essentially. It's over. You're right. done. Oh, we don't know what's on the other right. side. No, we don't, but we know who's on the other side. Right, so come on So <laughs> we know it's good. We know right. there's no more bad. However that plays out, we can't quite figure that out. We, we normally want good right. <laughs> we want to avoid bad and yet we fear death which is the only way that's the only portal so to speak the only door that allows us to get to that place where all the pain goes away all the bad goes away all the corruption and betrayal and fear all goes away and we get to live eternity with no fear no worry no stress no shame no guilt no sadness no darkness no pain no evil only joy, goodness, intimacy with God. Why in the world would we fear that? I don't know what it's like, but I know that's a pretty good formula. Right. And, and, and that's the part I think we fear. I don't know what it's like. Sure. But, but we know we that know, he's right, there. Right. And we know that that's the end. So we either believe that or we don't. And yes, there's trepidation in anything that is unknown. Except for when we know that daddy is with us. That kind of takes that away. And I've talked about that a lot of times. You know, when I was young, I was afraid of the dark. I say that as if I don't still deal with some of that now. Like yesterday? But, but now I am the dark. Yesterday, dart. young? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was today years old. When, <laughs> uh, and, and so growing up on the farm, I'd have to go down to the shed at, <clears throat> at night to do different things. And, man, I was just hearing every sound and just, you know, knowing what could be there in the dark, imagining what actually is there in the dark. Heffalumps and woozles. <laughs> and, and the heffalumps and woozles are real that, that right. you're dealing with. There's a very real possibility that there are bad things in the right. dark. I don't know what's there. Might not be anything. Might be something. So I'm grabbing a pitchfork and you know, I'm trying to be on my, on my guard. But if I'm with my dad, mm-hmm. I'm not even worried about that stuff. Right. My dad's with me. And it's the same darkness. It's the same danger. But dad's with me. Yes, you know nothing's going to happen to you. And so when we begin to approach the rest of life that way and, and recognize that as a reality, not just as a, um, you know, some concept that we talk about, some religious thing or something we tell our kids, but it's, it's true, then it changes how we view everything. Right. And then what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 becomes a really powerful thing. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Because the sting of death is sin, and the power of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we begin to grasp this, not as, you know, that's what they teach in church. That's what we believe because, you know, we're part of whatever belief system or denomination or whatever. We're Christians, so we believe these things. 
it's not that. It's not not at least not just that. That's a part of it. We believe things because we've been taught things, right. and we need to have those teachings. But when we, the reason that we do it isn't because we're supposed to, but because that's truth. That's real, and everything else is living in a fantasy world, and it's a pretty dark fantasy. So when we get to to see that we're not making up a victory. We're not mustering up courage or, or trying to let's work up our strong faith, but just recognizing that God is who he says he is and he does what he says he does. And for some reason, known only to him by his character and sovereign grace, I get to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. He chooses to call me his child at great expense to him and at really ultimately no expense to me. Right. To borrow from the great theologian Elton John, it's no sacrifice. It, it, there's, I'm giving up everything. That's next week's sermon. <laughs> I'm giving up everything, but I'm really giving up nothing. Right. By choosing to give up everything, all I'm really choosing to do is let go of the weights that are causing me to sink and take hold of the life jacket that causes me to float. That's a pretty easy choice, really. Am I sacrificing something in doing that? Not really. We want to think that we are. It feels we want, like yeah, it. yeah. But really, because no. it's what we're familiar with. It's right. what we what we want in our flesh, but it isn't what we ultimately really want. Right. I want to talk about what song was stuck in my head for the for the past forty eight hours. It was the last one that we did. <clears throat> my Redeemer, my Redeemer lives. lives. Yeah, and that was one that almost didn't make the cut. But I'm glad it did. But there was such a, a, a the the band. Mm -hmm. In particular, it felt like, man, we want to close with that song. And it was probably the best closer we could have had. And, and, you know, as far as lyrically, it's a fairly simple message. Mm -hmm. And if you had no other lyrics in the song besides My Redeemer Lives, I think that would be sufficient. Good, because, yeah. you know, here we are. We're at the end, but it's really the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that was in my head all week. But I want to mention, I don't know who it was. Maybe your mother knows who it was who just started watching. So maybe she can tell me. Hi, Mom. Um, <clears throat> there was a woman, I'm sorry to call her out, sitting next to your mom on Easter Sunday. And during that song, and if you watch the live stream from Easter Sunday and watch the last song, you can see it. She was jumping up and down, hands That's in the awesome. air during this song. And I was like, you know, I, I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. I I probably wouldn't do that if I was. A, I mean, I can dance around. On you stage. do that. When I you can have dance the guitar, around on stage yeah. like a like a schmo. But but you know, if I'm in the if I'm in the congregation, I'm probably you know I might sway back and forth. Whatever. I'm not doing that. I'm not jumping with my hands up. But your, your mom might smack you. If you she know. might. Um, my child would do that. But um, this woman was in it, and I was like, "That's a fantastic." You go thing. ahead, girl, and. Yeah. That, to me, that image and the lyrics of, of that song, and it's got a, it's got a catchy melody too, sure. but um, was, has just been stuck in my head for mm. the past 48 hours. It, it's a jubilant And a Selena's thing. mom. Okay, yeah. well, Selena's mom. Pretty sure it was. But I, <laughs> well, she but, was but in it. Truthfully, I mean, that's, that, that catchy, upbeat melody, is, it, that's significant. The, and, right. and that's one of the beautiful things about music, and, and as a songwriter, you know this, the the melody the the music that you choose even the instruments that you choose to play it on mm -hmm. that has to of necessity tie into the message of the song if if not then you're you're being counterproductive right sure so sure. which is why the first time we heard oh death with that electronica like, kind of thing uh that that 
just didn't have the same feeling. And then you strip changed. away the music. Man, then we, we took that on and went to that acapella version right. that we heard. And I'm like, and everyone oh my loved gosh, it. this right. is an awesome song. Right. So the same thing here. When we finish with My Redeemer Lives, there's a triumphant, mm-hmm. jubilant nature to to that to the music part of it. Mm-hmm. Because that's conveying the power of these lyrics. My Redeemer lives. And when when we focus on... I should Don't stop hitting that. the desk. Sorry. You get a preacher next to a, a desk and you get to start getting pounding. <laughs> I can see on the graphic uh, equalizer boop, boop, boop. over there. There's a bang. Anyhow, as we're, as we're celebrating going out... Isn't that how we should leave? Yes, that's you know, why every you know. and not just church, but but every time that we think about the hardship, the difficulty. This is why Paul so often in the middle of his writings, like in Romans, you know, he's 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 writing this hard stuff and then just bursts into this amazing doxology. In Romans 7, he's talking about, man, I'm such a wretched person. I, I, I hate myself because I keep doing these things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the stuff that I know I need to be doing, but I know that inside my, my will joyfully conforms to the will of God. That's who I really am, and yet I'm still at war with my own flesh mm-hmm. all the time. Who's going to rescue me from Sounds this familiar. body of death? Right. And... His natural reaction isn't, oh, despair, gloom, despair, and agony on me. His natural reaction is, praise be to God. He has given us this hope, this life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then out of that we get what John Piper calls the greatest chapter in Scripture, Romans chapter 8, that kicks off with, therefore, in light of this, because of what God did, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What an awesome, powerful thing. And as he goes through Romans 8 and builds this case, and he gets very rational as he's going through it, he ends up with, we are more than conquerors. What an awesome God. And, he, and, and you just can't really engage with the reality of who God is without becoming sort of a psalmist in your heart. David does that over and over again. We see it throughout throughout the history of Israel when God does things and, and we see it. When we get what God's doing, it ends up in some kind of a, of a song of praise. Moses sings a, this awesome song of praise. Uh, the priests sing. When, when, uh, when we end up seeing you know, Ezekiel, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, wherever you go, we find... This revelation of who God is ending up in overwhelming praise. And one of my favorite pictures is Isaiah 6, where Isaiah has this vision of God and he, and he gets to see the majesty and glory of God in the temple. And, and the train of his robe fills the temple with this majesty of God. And, and there's, there's smoke filling the temple as sort of a, a representation of the Shekinah glory. And the angels are flying around, the angels referred to as burning ones, who are covering their faces and feet in humility before the holy God. And, and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and the thresholds of the temple shake in this vision. And Isaiah's first reaction is, face down, woe to me, I'm right. dead. I'm a dead man because I'm a sinful person from a sinful people and I've seen the living God. And God then takes away his sin, sends an angel with a live coal from the altar to purge his filthy lips. And that forgiveness, it's the kindness of God that, that draws us to repentance, that that cleansing, that forgiveness that God does in him 
in his despair leads him in his very next reaction to say, here am I, send me, let me go tell people, let me go and work. And that should be our response every time we recognize the gospel, that we have been saved, we've been transferred from death to life by God's unspeakable mercy, truly, truly amazing grace that we cannot fathom, not even for a moment. And when we recognize that, how can we then, as people who are recipients of this grace, that we can never earn, we can never deserve in any way, it's not by works of righteousness that we've done, but according to his mercy that he saves us. How could we then not treat others with that same mercy and grace? How can we, knowing that, receiving that grace, not be people of grace? How could we not then say, if, if Jesus is saying, trust me, you're going to have trouble in the world, don't fear, I've overcome the world. Don't worry about today, don't worry about all your stuff, I've got this. Don't fear man, I've got this. Fear God, because this is reality. All of the stuff you see here feels like reality, but it's not. It's it's you know it's a practice run. The, you know the the real thing. I I don't want people to misunderstand. Life matters. I don't want to pretend that it doesn't. This is a, a part of it. But the continuation into the deeper the deeper magic, as C.S. Lewis would say, the the bigger reality is eternity. And when we begin to see things through the light of reality, eternity, as opposed to just this filter that we it, it's literally an Instagram filter, a Snapchat filter that changes the color of things, makes it look like something it isn't. That's what we're living every day. When we Don't reference the matrix, please. When we rip that stuff away, <laughs> when we rip away the matrix, I wasn't going to until you said that. Now you did I, on Sunday, now I have and I to. tried I, to hold it together. I did, and I thought of you as Ugh. I said it, and I thought to myself, for all of you who are more spiritual than Stacey, I can get this. <laughs> oh, Anyhow, uh, but, but when we rip that that facade away and get to what's actually real, then we begin to live with a power that we never could have before. And that's what can make it our best life now and forever. Because that, that's the power of it. And, you know, just... It's resurrection power. It, it really is. <laughs> I mean, that, and it can sound trite right. because we say it, but it only becomes trite when we don't get the reality of it, when we only have pieces of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about the gospel, so just to reiterate that, I, I, I steal from Dare to Share pretty regularly. I, I think they put it together in a really good way. We've seen it over the years in the Four Spiritual Laws and the Romans Road. It all comes down to what the Scripture says, not what humans say. But I think their gospel acronym that, that Greg Steer and Dare to Share uh, uses is a pretty, um, a pretty well-rounded, um, relatively complete presentation of the basics of the gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. So no amount of religion and good deed doing is going to be able to, to fix our situation. I can't remove the stain of my sin with the bleach of my works. That's mm-hmm. never going to work. So God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. Can't balance the scales. Good news, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Therefore, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And that is not only the point of Easter, but the point of our entire existence as as Christ followers. Without a doubt. So we will end there for today. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We're going to get back into Luke next week. Yes, indeed. podcast. So uh, tune in Friday for that and then the sermon on Sunday. Thanks, you guys.